conversation around uh, the safety or how safe you feel on public transit. And, and maybe it's a reflection of what's been happening in, in society in recent years, but a lot of concerns about safety. Now, in Toronto in particular, just uh, within the last week or so, you had a situation where a young woman was stabbed, hospitalized in what police describe as a random attack on a streetcar. Uh, that's just a day after uh, police in Toronto announced that they arrested four teenagers in connection with a swarming attack on Toronto transit employees. So you've had some high-profile incidents in Toronto, but you've had challenges right across the country. Right here in Alberta, in both Edmonton and Calgary, uh, you've certainly heard those concerns. We've seen increases uh, in, in crime and disorder related to public transit across the country, though. Vancouver, Saskatoon, Halifax, we've seen it there, too. So there's a call from the Amalgamated Transit Union. Uh, for some kind of a national strategy, a national task force to address all of this. Now, the prime minister who was speaking with reporters uh, in Hamilton today was actually asked about this. Here's what he had to say. The uh, transit union in Toronto is very concerned about the level of violence that is happening uh, on transit. They're asking for a federal task force or some federal help to sort this out. What do you say to them? Uh, Keeping Canadians safe uh, remains uh, one of the top jobs that uh, all orders of governments need to put at the forefront of everything they do. Uh, we will, of course, continue to work uh, with the province and with the city on uh, making sure that Canadians are safe. Uh, if there's a role uh, for the federal government to step up, we will no doubt step up. Uh, it's something that uh, we're happy to partner with uh, provinces and municipalities on. All right, well, joining us for more is uh, John Danino, president of ATU Canada. John, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. And thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to speak today. Well, as I noted there, the Prime Minister was asked about this today. You heard his reaction. Uh, your thoughts on that, first of all? Well, I mean, that's encouraging. Uh, but, you know, uh, what we're looking for is to have the discussions today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot wait any longer as we see this crisis unfold to unimaginable and unprecedented levels. Um, I know that you spoke earlier about the most recent attacks in the city of Toronto uh, there was another incident this morning that you may not be aware of, but uh, another concerning attack on two transit workers with uh, an individual with a syringe. Oh, wow. Uh, and these things are just escalating, and we need to act today. It's not just Toronto either, right? This seems to be an issue right across the country. Yeah, and so on the national front, and that's why uh, ATU Canada is speaking on a national level, we're seeing these, these attacks and violence in our transit systems right across from coast to coast. Uh, you know, in Calgary, we're seeing it. We're in Edmonton, just last week, we saw two incidences where our, our uh, members were uh, confronted with guns. Uh, and so this is escalating at uh, unimaginable levels that nobody could have anticipated. And, you know, unfortunately, we keep hearing... The same thing from officials and from transit agencies, that these are one-ofs and we still have a safe transit system. Uh, we really need to move on this and we need to move it on it quickly before someone gets seriously injured or killed. Well, yeah, I mean, this has affected both users and, and employees. And, and I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the employees don't have a choice. They're expected to be there every day, so they can't choose not to be there. Passengers can, but that obviously has consequences or the transit system for, for individuals getting to where they need to go. So, you know, the consequences of this, not addressing this, are, are, are huge. Yeah, and, you know, as we see transit agencies struggle uh, to recover from the pandemic uh, and uh, to regain pre-pandemic ridership levels, uh, these kinds of acts of violence are hindering uh, 
that recovery. But more importantly, uh, why we want to include all levels of government uh, is because I think everybody needs to be a player. They're all stakeholders in this. But fundamentally, uh, public transit is a mobility right for all of Canadians. We use it for, you know, to and from work and to and from school. Uh, we, we service some of our more vulnerable communities and low-income communities. And we service those living with disabilities. And we need to regain confidence in the transit systems across this country uh, and, you know, pride ourselves on safe, reliable, and affordable transit right across every city and every municipality across this country. What about the argument, John, that what's happening uh, on public transit is a reflection of, you know, trends we're seeing in society and that, you know, there, there are complex reasons why we've seen increases in crime and disorder and that there's no easy fix to any of that. Uh, and look, there's a lot of truth to that. And so, you know, when we talk about uh, public transit and how it intersects with our communities, we're talking about social housing elements. We're talking about the economy. Uh, and as we see the economy and inflation rate skyrocket, those are all going to have significant impact on mental health issues and how people respond. And the unaffordability of public transit also complicates matters. What we need is sustained funding levels so that we can put um, people on the ground. We can have increased vigilance, de-escalation techniques uh, and strategies. And we need to get all of the transit agencies in one room, figure out what the common denominators are, and see how we're going to tackle them. We're never going to eliminate violence in our society wholeheartedly. Right. But what we need to do is put our best practices and use the tools we have um, to mitigate some of those interactions and some of those acts of violence on our systems, not only to our members, but to the riders, our most valuable asset. But does that mean more police, more security? What about that side of it? Well, look, I think, uh, you know, increased vigilance and visibility uh, will act as a deterrent in some situations and not all. Um, but we need to figure what those what those are. And, you know, we talk about transit assaults, whether it's our operators or passengers. There are thousands and thousands of assaults reported every year. But there's even more that go unreported. And so why we want to sit with all levels is to determine exactly how extensive this problem is and how we can mitigate it. And if putting more enforcement officers out there for visibility and deterrence, that could be one of the solutions, but it's a complex issue. Right, and, and so there's a role then for the federal government, even provinces, to play in, in funding some of that. But you know, when it comes to, for example, uh, the country's laws, the criminal code, I mean, that, that's federal jurisdiction. So whether it's tougher penalties, greater deterrence, those sorts of initiatives, is that what you're looking to, to Ottawa for, potentially? Yeah, we're looking for Ottawa for the criminal code aspect. We're looking for, uh, you know, downloading of more funding to be able to sustain um, the call for uh, these for these these other interventions like police officers or peace officers or whatever we want special constables if the funding models aren't there to support these systems then it becomes more and more problematic uh, as municipalities struggle to maintain public transit as we know it today because of the decline in ridership so uh, we need to work with all levels to make sure that the resources are flowing, the funding is flowing, and our strategies are uniform because what happens in Calgary happens in Toronto, happens in Halifax, and happens in Vancouver. So uh, we really need to look at a more um, unified system where we're all 
doing the same best practices and see how that uh, how that mitigates some of the risk. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, if we're going to expand, you know, the the, the transit availability, you know, expand public transit in general, you're going to need staffing levels. And that's a real challenge for transit agencies is building up those staffing levels, especially with all of this going on. John, what, what are you hearing from members about, you know, their fears for their own safety, their comfort level in coming to work and, you know, whether people are just walking away, you know, because of these concerns? Sure. Um, you know, again, you know, I said this earlier in some other interviews today, getting a job in public transit was a prestigious position. It was well-paying job with benefits and, and so on and so forth. The pandemic has starved us of resources. And it, there's even greater reluctancy today for people to want to be a transit operator or a transit professional because of these added risks. And people don't want to go to work knowing that they may not come home at night or that they're going to be injured on the job. And so... Uh, our general feeling amongst our membership right across this country is fear. Um, there's no other way to say it. There's the uncertainty and the fear that they are going to become a victim of such an attack and suffer an injury and maybe not even go home one night. Um, so it's becoming more and more problematic. Well, we'll see what kind of response uh, this call for some action gets from various levels of government. Much more at atucanada.ca. John, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.